Rosie and Bill Show wish to thank our partners and positivity primary sponsors. The Roselli Agency, based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, Brian and his team of insurance professionals have been serving the needs of Chester County for more than two decades. The Mallon Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in tailoring the right insurance policy for the right client and exceeding expectations every time. everyone, welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show. To say that we are excited about today's guest is a colossal understatement. He is the front man and guitarist for one of America's most iconic bands. His music and his voice have stood the test of time and he's still going strong. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, Grand Funk Railroad's Mark Farner. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rosie. Good to be here with y'all. Well, it's great to have you here. We've been really excited. Bill has been pinching himself now for a couple of months. <laughs> yes. I see, I see he's got the American band and all the girls in the world beware behind him or on the... Uh... Yeah, that's where that's where you Photoshop your face on my body all those years ago. Wrinkle, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were doing it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mark, I'll tell you, we, we've got a lot of ground to cover tonight, and it's actually all your fault because of all the great things you've done for so long, lots of great stuff to talk about. But if you don't mind, I'd like to just share something with you on, on a personal note because, yeah. you know, as Rosie said, this was such an exciting thing for us to be able to welcome you to the show. And for me personally, it's truly a highlight because as a kid, there were two posters on my little apartment bedroom wall. The Edgar Winter Group and Grand Funk. And yes, there was an album that I literally wore out on my GE close and play with the attached speakers in there, the Shining On album. I love that album, wore that puppy out. All right. And in high school, I volunteered, and I, I say that loosely, volunteered to be the lead singer in a rock band under one condition. And that's that I get to sing some Grand Funk songs. And yeah. later in life, while attending various weddings, I was often asked to sing Some Kind of Wonderful or The Locomotion, and I wasn't even in the band. <laughs> but it was an honor to do it, Mark. So the bottom line is, I want to thank you for the impact and the influence positively that you had on my life. And now I'd like to take some time to talk about your life, if that's okay. Yeah, man. And thank you uh, for telling me that because, you know, it's if you like something well enough to where you can get up at a karaoke or at a wedding reception or party, whatever, and do the song, that's a real compliment. Yes, well, I appreciate that. And that's exactly what it was meant to be. And I'll tell you, uh, Mark, one of the things that I'm really curious about, if we were to turn the clock back, I mean, way back before the 14 top 40 hits and 16 golden platinum albums and 
40 some odd million records sold. What was it that inspired you to pick up that first guitar? And when did you know that music was your calling? Well, I picked up the guitar because I got some football injuries. We, I was in a junior varsity team. We were an undefeated team. We were kind of cocky, <laughs> you know, we just kicked everybody's ass. We really did because we were the team hung together. We were all friends We everything we did. The team did together. So, you know, I had a real good time and I loved hearing my name called out. That was partner number 66 in on the tackle. I was defensive linebacker over center and I was like the roving reporter. I had, and, and I, as soon as they would say my name, Bill, I would just start prancing, dude. I would like, yeah, that, that was me on that day. <laughs> 15 years old. Well, I got injured the uh, junior varsity scrimmage, the varsity, and they scrimmed us. They scrimmaged us. They ground us. They pound us. Oh man, they made us hurt. And uh, I sustained some serious injuries. We've got water on the knee from that thing. And uh, I fractured one of my fingers. It was, uh, it was quite, uh, you know, a letdown from having that great big, you know, junior varsity. So my mother, knowing how much I love to hear my name called out on the loudspeaker and I wasn't <laughs> going to be able to, to do that, she got me six lessons and rented an acoustic guitar for me for my 15th birthday. That was September 29th. And I didn't know what to do. I mean, I was kind of in it because all during my childhood, uh, you know, from the little shaver on up uh, every Sunday at my mother's house or my aunt Dorothy, her sister's house, there was a jam session and she came from Leechville, Arkansas, and the whole fam damnly came with her. I mean, Uncle Woody, Uncle Brian, uh, Grandpa Cotton, uh, all the people that came were musicians. They played the fiddle, the banjo. My dad blew saxophone, played guitar. Uncle Brian played guitar. And when the women would sing, Rosie, oh, my God, it was like angels and so here i am this little kid you know loving this music and seeing how it's made i'm you know but i i remember being very small and always looking up at these people and uh but when the women started singing oh it was like uh i went into like hypnosis i'll go oh my god yeah this is it <laughs> this is really it you know family the voices and the harmonies real tight harmonies so when i got the guitar i i just put my mind on yeah the family's into it my dad played guitar blue saxophone my ma sang like a angel and i gotta think i can do this so it was like playing football i knew i could do that i just switched that mental scope to the guitar and i I started putting myself into, I took three lessons in the guitar teacher uh, that was teaching me, um, had a hunting accident it, on uh, October 20th. It was ringneck pheasant season in Michigan. And he shot himself in the foot with a 12 gauge shotgun and told my mother to have me 
go watch the guys in the high school band. And because I was picking up from him, just making the chords, I would look at what he's doing. And then I would, yeah, I, I could do that. Then and, and we were playing music together, like on the third lesson, do 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 you know, wow. we're doing it. And uh, so he just said, tell your son, go up and watch the high school band and have those guys, uh, you know, show them some chords and what have you. And that's how I got started. And okay. I was singing in the choir. Okay. I was singing in the choir. So I had a confidence about singing. And most other musicians don't want to sing. They don't want to sing. At least in Kersley High School, they didn't. <laughs> so I would stand up there and sing all the Johnny Be Good and Nadine and all the stuff, you know, the cover songs. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be plugged in until I got good enough to where I could actually plug this guitar in that my mother got me off Finger Hut catalog. It was a harmony guitar and matching amplifier with an eight inch speaker. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, but I finally got good enough to where I could plug the thing in and play and sing. And uh, uh, that's how I got started. Well, I'll tell you, Mark, as I watched your performances, I mean, your voice is like just an amazing rock voice. Cause that was my next question. How did you, when did you realize you could really sing like that? When did you parlay that into, Hey, let's get a band together. Let's really do this. Yeah. The, uh, when we were playing, uh, we would do, you know, high school proms and, and, and back then, uh, DJs would do hops every weekend. They, there would be DJs doing hops all over the place in Michigan. And, uh, they'd sometimes they would hire a band of course it was cheap for them because we would just want to hang around those djs and we want them to play our music when we you know this is how we got our first record played on wtac in in uh, flint michigan but uh we we uh played uh roll air rink we played some outside things and there was people way in the back and I'm I'm singing a cover song and I'm just singing it the way it's supposed to be sung. And then I went way up because I could hit clear notes. I did an octave of where I was singing and I went up there for a while, just a little bit. And everybody kind of turned around and looked at me and I went, ooh, what <laughs> was that? What was that? They like that. <laughs> it was like, and so I did it a few more times that night. And I said, did you guys notice? And they said, oh, yeah, we noticed. We, said, we didn't know you could do that. I said, well, I kind of just been singing the songs, but I felt led to just do a little improv thing there. And they said, well, keep doing it, <laughs> you know, because the people like it. So that gave me, uh, I don't know, this this little, the, the courage that I needed to to go up there and uh, sing in the stratosphere because I do like people to look at me when I'm performing. <laughs> I like my name called over the loudspeaker. <laughs> well, you, you moved into the right profession. You know what I find interesting, Mark, is that you were this, you know, really rough and tough football player. Then you went into music, but you also had a background in competing in dance competitions. How did that come about? 
Well, my mother showed us how to dance. My sister, Diane, she's 17 months older than me, and I'll never let her forget it. So, uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, would do the spinning her around and we would boogie, you know, we just kind of boogie. And, and we did this dance step that we were, we both did the same thing, you know, at the same time. And there was nobody else doing that. Nobody. So when I would spin around and twirl her and then we'd do a little get back and little freelance stuff, you know, uh, people were looking at us. That's almost as good as getting your name called. Over the last. <laughs> Hey, hey, they're looking. <laughs> so uh, my mother, God rest her soul, uh, she talked us through the, oh, we don't want to. No, we don't want to do that. And then she says, you get your butt out here. You need to do this. You kids need this exercise. You need to coordinate and do this. And she, and once she showed us how, it was like, oh, forget about it. Now, now she can't get us to stop. <laughs> you know that and so we went uh at many dance contests that we entered we were the winners just mainly because we were doing stuff together we looked like it was coordinated you know that's yeah. choreographed yeah and I'll, and I'll bet you they they called your name out when you won too right oh yeah <laughs> mark and diane diane and mark well, Mark, you just you've said a lot about um, some of the influences that that your mom and dad had, you know, on you musically and with dance. But there's also a couple other things that I, I believe, you know, really are a source of pride for you as well when it comes to your parents. And that was your dad served in World War II, and your mother had a very special distinction when it came to welding in World War II. Can you share that story with our viewers? Yes. Well, my, my father was a tank driver in the 7th Armored Division, and my mother was the first woman in the United States to weld on Sherman tanks at Fisher Body in Flint, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I remember her picture, her being up on the tank. She's got her striker in one hand, the helmet's tipped back, and she's got her fist clenched like, we can do this. You know, it's like, yeah, ma, <laughs> you damn right we can. <laughs> and uh, and my dad returned from the war with four bronze stars. He was in four major battles, and a lot of tank drivers didn't even get to see the second because uh, the Sherman tank was inferior to the Panzer, that German Panzer. Forget about it. It'd take like three Shermans to take out a Panzer. Yeah, I remember seeing that in the, was it the Battle of the Bulge? You could, you could really see that played out in that movie. Yes. Uh, you know, in some of those tank fights back then, to, to, to your point exactly. But yeah, one thing, Mark, I've noticed over the years is that, you know, you are truly a rock patriot. You, you've done a lot to honor and support folks who've served. And does that kind of trace back to your parents and the role that they had? Is, is that where that came from? Yes, and uh, and all of my dad's brothers, so there was four sons. My grandma and grandpa had four sons, and they all went in the military. Uh, there, uh, my uncles all served. Everybody served. It was the right thing to do. It was a proud thing to do. And I just, you know, as as 
me being having my heart. I love people who are real and people who would risk their safety to guard ours, you know, to provide our safety. And I know from, you know, early on when it was like, when I was just a little shaver and I would say, well, you know what? My dad would say to do something. My mother would tell me to do something. Somebody tell me to do something. I'm going, well, why? Because I said so. And, you know, that had to be enough. Because I said so, and if that wasn't enough, it was enforced <laughs> and became enough. So soldiers remind me of that situation. Well, why? Because I said so. And that's that's all they get. They don't know the scenario. They don't know who started this war, what it's all about. They just know that their country, the the higher up sent them there and there they are and they're gonna follow orders, you know? They're so innocent in that respect, but brave beyond any doubt. And, and the fact that there's an average of 22 of our veterans are committing suicide every day, 22 a day. It's this something in the milk ain't cream there, folks. They're not getting treated right. They're not getting the right welcome back, get, you know, to weave the this soul back into society after the, being exposed like that. And so many of our Vietnam veterans, our brothers and sisters came back with this agent orange poisoning and and we've lost a lot of them due to that and when i go to the hospitals and i see these young kids man with you know no legs or they're missing an arm or this it's like god i've got i've got sons i've got five sons and i thank god uh for their health our youngest boy jesse we lost him in 2018, he was, he had an accident 2010 and he was quadriplegic on life support. And he lived here in, uh, in the house with us. And, uh, you know, that's a tragic thing. And it's, it's never should ha happen that a child should go before the, the parent, no. but, uh, it's a life lesson. It's become a life lesson and it's, you know, it helps us to, uh, speak with other people that are going through the same thing and maybe shed a little light, but we're always shedding a little love on the situations. Cause really that's, that's what the world is absent of. And, and that love is total forgiveness. That's what love is total forgiveness. You know, let it, don't let shit gather in the closet. You got to get rid of that stuff, get that debt consciousness out of our mind because debt is accumulative in its in its weight, and and we we don't keep track of it. I mean, not just money debt. Money debt's part of it, but 
the unfulfilled unfulfilled expectations of other people uh they you know and especially if it's somebody in the family and they talk to somebody else in the family and then everybody's like calling you going hey man what's up <laughs> it's like what <laughs> you were moved from a place of comfort by this indebtedness and what about you know holding ourselves uh having regret we put ourselves in debt we need to release all of that and let that little bugger down in there that was born into this bone suit, let that little person shine. Let it come out and, and uncover all of the crap that's been weighting it down. Because like I said, debt is accumulative in its nature. And we don't know that because we don't have a gauge. There's nothing we can look at and go, you know, debt is all imaginary. It's all imaginary. But we got great imaginations. And yeah. uh a lot of yep. power there, Mark. And, and well, first of all, I want to say that Bill and I are very sorry to hear about your son. That's that's tragic. Thank you. And I, I love what you just said about, you know, the missing ingredient is love. And yep. um, we we are hard on ourselves. And, and it it's crippling when that debt that you just spoke of. And I understand that that this message comes through in your songwriting. Mm -hmm. Is that what inspires you the most? Do you think when you write? Yes, absolutely, Rosie. And and what I have experienced in setting myself free, because you know you're the only one. I'm the only one. Uh, you can set yourself free. No one else can. You, Rosie, set yourself free. And Bill, we all individually have the keys, but we we weren't taught this. But once you, you know, start getting rid of these things, and I still, before I slip my feet out onto the floor in the morning, I'm praying to God, God, please show me where those anchors are. Where am I still harboring this debt? What am I still holding? I want to release it because you know something? When you release it, oh my God, oh, that is the shit. <laughs> it really <laughs> this is. This is what I live for. Just, oh yeah, that was, as soon as you realize what it is, it's gone, bang. I mean, you, you set yourself in the mindset where you're not gonna owe anybody anything. In fact, the Bible says, oh no man, anything except to love one another. Mm. There you go. Well, you know, Mark, I have to say, like I, I study spirituality and, and whatnot. And one of my favorite things about doing the show is meeting people like you when you share this. This is a side that, you know, you may share with a lot of people, but there's a lot of people that may not hear the way you live your life. Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it's it's inspiring and it's it's so poignant because that is what we need to work on. All the other things fall into place yeah. when you let go of the baggage and the things that are weighing on you and you do just uh, embrace mm -hmm. what you have inside to let out and shine. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, and Mark, I'll tell you, it's, it's also, I think, um, for what it's worth, when Rosie and I started our show almost five years ago, we initially started it because we wanted 
people on social media to have a place where they could go for positive content and inspirational content. God bless you. I, I can't think of anything more positive and inspirational than what you've just said over these last few minutes. And again, we've had some of the most well-known actors, singers, performers in, in the country come on the show. And it's conversations like this that just make us know that we made the right decision to do what we're doing. And I just love everything that, that you've said, Mark. Truly, truly do. Thank and appreciate you, it. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate that so sure. much. Mark, what's your favorite song to sing? My favorite Top song one. to sing, well, I got a lot of them, but the one that I love to sing uh, because I've sung it and people have cried. Mm. Oh, man. I'm your captain. I, I sang it at some of the ports, went on bases where two million soldiers have been processed through there. And they were having uh, a celebration and uh, for Vietnam veterans and uh, just, you know, giving them kudos. So we said, we're going to get those veterans up on the stage as many as we can safely. The stage was full of veterans, Vietnam veterans. We're doing I'm your captain. Mm. Everywhere I looked, you guys, tears, guys that never met before. They're on that stage. They look at each other and they're holding each other. They're crying. They're, I'm telling you, it is so freeing just to be in the midst of that kind of love and that kind of release, the emotion. You can't even imagine the washing that you get from that emotion, just the waves of emotion coming from these people on the stage. Oh, my God. Uh, that's my song. They held on to it. Uh, Afghan vets. Iraq, uh, vets, desert dust. They they come to me and tell me, man, your your song got me home, brother Mark. Your song got me home. So, I prayed for that song. I asked God to give me a song that would reach and touch the hearts the Creator wanted to get to, and got up in the middle of the night and wrote those lyrics, but I didn't know they were lyrics. I get up in the, in the night a lot of times and write, but it's just thoughts. It's just thoughts coming. But that night I didn't give any thought to the, to the fact that I prayed for, for a song. I was, it was just, I, I was not completely conscious. I was mm -hmm. somewhere between heaven and earth in a, in this conscious state. And I knew enough not to go back to the top of the song like I would normally do if I was writing. I would I would read the first verse again, and maybe that would inspire where to go with the second verse. You know, so it's got I'm following a path, but I knew instinctively that night, don't go back to the top, just keep writing. And so I did. I just kept and writing. And when I got down to the end of that song or that my writing. I was exhausted. I mean, really like spent. And I went, whoa. And I stuck the pen in there. 
in the steno pad and put it over on the nightstand, roll back under the sheets, and I was gone like a turkey through the corn a day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, it's amazing, Mark, how you recollect that. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you wrote that back in like 1970, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. It's I like it was up. yesterday, the way you're telling it. Well, I, because man, when, you know, when you get that close, uh, it stays with you. There's nothing yeah. that could, nothing, I don't, outside of, you know, dementia or something where you lose your, but, but that is going to be with me um just like the song and just like the reaction to that song is mm -hmm. every time we play it because when i got up in the morning i was out i grabbed my acoustic guitar i'm looking out in the pasture they got horses out there i got a coffee going and i'm playing i said i went whoa that's kind of cool you know <laughs> that lick that intro and then i hit this this da -da 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 -da, and i hit this c chord I went to hit a G, I missed it. I I fell short and, and I hit this C. And but when I hit that C, that inversion of that chord chimed like, wow, I said, that is beautiful. And I'm memorizing where my fingers are on the fretboard. And I'm thinking at that moment, it came to me. Maybe those are lyrics. And I went, oh, oh, I, wow. Ran in, I got the lyrics, put them down on the table, and I had this little uh, Sony cassette recorder. <laughs> I hit the red button <laughs> and started playing it and reading the words and singing it, and it just all came together. It all came together. And then when Tommy Baker, who was a band leader of the Upbeat Show, when he heard me, I was playing it for David Spiro. His dad, Herman Spiro, owned the, the uh, TV station. And the, on the show that day was James Brown. Uh, there was Mitch Ryder and Otis Redding all on the show that day. And, uh, and I was excited to just be playing with these guys. And I'm showing David, who always took these uh, wind-up 8-millimeter camera. He always had that thing going. And he says, what is that song? And I said, it's a new one that we just going to do over here at Cleveland Recording. And I'm I'm playing it for him. And everybody, you know, he, he's going, oh, man, I'm liking it. And But then the band leader, Tommy, comes over. Tommy Baker goes, what is that song? I, I told him, it's called I'm Your Captain. He says, man, this may leave me some room for the orchestra. I got I got violins going in my head. I got French horns going in my head. I got all this stuff going on. He says, keep going on the refrain. When you get done, he says, when you're taking that refrain out, go until you can't go no more. And he says, and then when you can't go no more, give me 10 more verses or, you know, 10 more bars of it. And I'm going, okay. So we did. We got in the studio, kept going and going and going and going and going. And Tommy Baker Bless his heart. He came up with that orchestration for I'm Your Captain, and he came up with the orchestration for Loneliness on the E Pluribus Funk. And those two, I always wanted to do those songs live. Uh, and we got to do that when we played the benefit concerts for Bosnia. Mm -hmm. And Paul, Paul Schaefer was the band leader. And when we did it in Detroit, 
it was with the Detroit Symphony, and we had uh, uh, Alto Reed from Bob Seeger's band as a a guest, as a special guest. And then we played in in New York. We we had uh, uh, Leslie West as a special guest at the uh, Beacon Theater in New York, and in L.A. we played uh, the Greek Theater, and we had Slash and Billy Preston for special guest and and some of the best times because you can't imagine i always wanted to do this and then david fishoff who runs the rock and roll fantasy camp he's the guy that put it all together and made it happen so playing and having paul schaefer are you kidding me oh my god band leader extraordinaire and his favorite song of all time is bad time to be in love mm forgot about it. <laughs> Mark, is there anyone that you haven't played with that you wish you could? I I wanted to jam with uh is it Daryl Hall? Yeah. Daryl Hall, yeah. I wanted to jam with him because I like their stuff mm-hmm. when they came out. Uh the private eyes and and some of the stuff it's just really nice snare sound and kind of pop funk pop mm-hmm. pop music you know and and danceable talk about danceable yeah it makes you want to dance and so i thought uh it'd be nice to to play some music with him now Thank- mark what can your fans look forward to and expect here in 2023 you got anything on the horizon for the new year yeah, well, when we do uh, our live shows, of course, I'm doing a lot of funk and I'm doing some other special music, whatever I feel like. Um, I wrote a song called Hoochie Mama and we, sometimes we'll throw Hoochie Mama in there and you want to you wanna see some people get down and get funky and dance. Uh, it's kind of like some kind of wonderful. We do that. Cause it's the shuffle, boom, 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 you know, and then and Hoochie Mama is, but it's a it's a down and dirty shuffle, so you you kind of get these ladies out there slinking around, you know, like, <laughs> really good Hoochie Mamas, uh, and and uh, as far as releases, I've been working with Mark Slaughter, uh, we're doing some work together on a new album that I'm putting together that we're putting together. And it's kind of fun. I mean, I'm not that good at computers, but I'm learning. I'm learning how to send a file after I sing up on my microphone. Uh, then I can send it to the Dropbox and then he gets the file and he pulls it in to the DAW and there it is. And he sends it back to me mixed in. I'm thinking, man, this could have never happened. I mean, if it, and I don't, I hate computers because they're way smarter than I am. <laughs> I can't figure out, I can screw one up faster than anybody. <laughs> I can mess stuff really bad, but they are great for what we're doing. I do like uh, playing in person together. And I've been in Mark Slaughter's studio and we've done some great work because it's quick. Bam, 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 bam. We're doing harmonies. He's singing with me. I'm saying, you know, we're doing background vocals and we can layer and do like two or three different takes and do different harmonies. And it sounds great. Wow. It really, his voice 
uh, blends really good with mine and mine with him. Are and, you coming to the East Coast? I, yeah, I think we're coming back to, oh, what's the theater on uh, Long Island? They, we're coming out there. I did have to check it, markfarner.com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> check it out. That's one thing I don't ever remember. I mean, I I don't even want my wife to tell me. I got so much else going on in my yeah. mind. I got to wait until like the day before. I can know we're going someplace. I just don't want to know where <laughs> until the day okay. before, you know? So that's never... That's uh, a good idea. Yeah, you know, there's, I think there's something to that, Mark. Well, Mark, I have to tell you, I again, as, as I said in the very beginning, it was truly a highlight for, for both of us you know, for you to join us. And before we go, I just want to say thank you again for all of the music, all of the joy, the love, the freedom, the rock and roll, the inspiration that you brought to so many. And on behalf of the millions of people that you've inspired and enlightened and brought joy to over the years, we want to thank you. We want to thank you again for joining us. And you know what? I'm already hoping that at some point down the road, maybe when your new album's ready, we can have you back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your kind words, Bill. And Rosie, I appreciate your conjecture and wh where you're at spiritually, what you like to talk about. And and I just want to encourage you guys to follow your hearts. You got good hearts. I, I just, you know, I could be in a room with you guys and, and we would we would figure some shit out. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Mark, it has been just wonderful getting to know you and we appreciate you sharing your talent with us and with the rest of the world, as Bill said. So all we right. wish you all the best. Say hello to your wife. Keep running on that farm. Keep it in all shape right. and we will do the same. And folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. OK, if I don't see you in the future, I'll see you in the pasture. <laughs> Full show. And we'll end with that. <laughs>